Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. The ancient Israelite King David was an adulterer and a murderer. Yet here is how God described him in Acts 13 verse 22. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart who shall fulfill all my will. God praised David for thinking the way God does, for desiring what God does, for fully obeying the Ten Commandments the way God expects. And yet, David committed some of the worst sins imaginable. He was cursed severely because he stole another man's wife and then had that man sent to the front lines of battle where he died. This was David's attempt to cover up his sin with Bathsheba and the fact that he got Bathsheba pregnant, just a a heinous sin compounded by this scheme to murder Bathsheba's husband. Here on page 139 of our free book, The Former Prophets, How to Become a King, Mr. Gerald Flurry wrote, David never blamed Bathsheba As far as I can see in the Bible, David never once justified himself. He just said, oh, what a sinner I am. Did he ever know how to repent? If you want to learn how to repent, go to David. Now, if God could really praise David the way he does in Acts 13, verse 22, That ought to really give all of us a lot of hope. Probably none of us have committed sins to the horrifying extreme like David did. And poor David has to be recorded in the Bible. (laughs) Some of his worst moments in life are right there in the Bible for us to read. But the thing is, it is so much easier today to get involved in the types of sins that David fell into. It's a lot easier to lust after a beautiful woman today because there is filth and smut all around us in the world. It's a lot easier to have the spirit of hatred and murder in our hearts because of all the violent and deadly 
entertainment that is out there. Even if we do not go to the point of committing the in-person act of adultery or literal murder, we can still so easily commit these kinds of sins. So we certainly don't want to be self-righteous when we look at David's example. David gives us hope, though. David is every man. We can all relate to his life experiences. There is really an inspiring song in the Philadelphia Church of God musical, David, The Endless Throne Begins. This is titled, I Am Every Man, and we'll just play that now. I am every child who was dubbed the unlikeliest choice And I am every babe whose cries are finally heard I am every son who finally feels preferred I am every man I am every slave most would overlook I am every soul whose faults could fill every book and I am every Lord whose honor overflows I am every saint in whom God's power grows I am every man everything that I've been helps connect my life with you. I have suffered every sentiment and state. Every parent knows my pain. Every sinner knows my shame. Every culture, class, and kindred can relate. I am every man, and my journey is yours. I am every man, so this story endures. God could use my name as his purpose for all, for the great and the small. I am every man, from a shepherd to a king. Potential lies in every hand For this hope I stand I am every man And my journey is yours I am every man So our story endures God could use my name As his purpose for all For the great
I Am Every Man from the PCG musical, David, The Endless Throne Begins. We all can relate to King David. And we all can become men and women after God's own heart who shall fulfill all God's will. As it says in Acts 13 verse 22 about David, we can follow David's example. The inspiring part about David's story is that he didn't quit. He didn't wallow in his sin and feel like he could never make a change. In fact, he repented to the fullest and he really strived to keep God's law better moving forward. David was no quitter. No matter what, he refused to give up. But he had to go through some hard trials, so much of which were self-inflicted because of his own sins. Not only was David's sin with Bathsheba exposed in front of all Israel, but the child he fathered with her died. And God promised David that the sword would never depart from his house. That's 2 Samuel 12, verse 10. So his family was cursed with constant violence. This was all David's fault. No one else's fault. He had children by multiple women and probably couldn't be involved in all of their lives. As Mr. Flurry points out on page 139 of the former prophet's book. And then he shows how his firstborn son, Amnon, committed rape against his own half-sister. Another son of David, Absalom, took revenge by killing Amnon. Later on, Absalom led a revolt to overthrow David as king of Israel. And that wasn't the only revolt. There was another one led by Adonijah. A lot of David's own people within the kingdom of Israel disrespected him. They thought that because they knew his sins, they could criticize him and ridicule him. He was heckled at, at one point. You can see the story there in 2 Samuel 16. And David realized he deserved it. He deserved to be publicly scorned and jeered. Page 140 of the former prophets, Mr. Flurry wrote, David had some serious trials, some of the toughest of just about anybody in the Bible. I'm sure at times he wished he could go back to the simple life of looking after sheep. Under God's watchful eye, David experienced a lot of trying and testing. We must never forget that he was being prepared and trained 
to rule over Israel forever. We have been chosen to build God's vision in our minds. We must learn to think and act as God does. Mr. Flurry then goes on to show how we need the same attitude. We have a job today here as supporters of God's work to deliver a warning message to the entire world. And we will face trials along the way. God is going to test us to find out if we will quit. David never quit, but what about us? Can we honestly say we will never quit? We have a job to do. And God will reward us just like he is going to reward David. We have an opportunity one day perhaps to hear God the Father say about us that we are people after his own heart, people who fulfilled all his will. What an honor that would be to be grouped along with David in that way. Now, David, his trials didn't end with all the violence in his family and the, res- the disrespect that he was shown by his own people. At one point, he called for a census. He wanted to number the people of Israel. He wanted to know how large his army was. And this was a major sign that David forgot who really fought Israel's battles. David forgot that God gave Israel every victory, that Israel was invincible as long as God fought for them. They could even experience flawless victories with God on their side, not one death. That was certainly possible. And yet David wanted to count the number of his people and see how his population stacked up to some of the rival kingdoms around. And this upset God. This was a huge mistake. And 70,000 Israelites ended up dying. That's how upset God was about David calling for a census. You can see this in uh, 2 Samuel 24. But again, it was all David's fault. 70,000 people dead because of David. And yet, again, God said about David that he was a man after mine own heart who shall fulfill all my will. What a testament to God's patience with us and his mercy as we endeavor today to follow David's example. He always rebounded. He always returned to God after making these major mistakes. And God was always there waiting for him. And it's that way with us today. God is always there. He's always empowering us. 
and trying to point us in the right direction as we support God's work. And that's a major way for us to develop God's character. God can build his own character in us as we focus on giving, serving, loving, sharing, cooperating, and supporting this message. This message is a warning of love to the entire world. It is ultimate unselfishness. And we must do it to the very fullest. God gave David a staggering opportunity. Despite all of David's problems and sins, because David repented, God still gave David the staggering opportunity to prepare for the building of God's house. First Chronicles 22 verse 5 says, So David prepared abundantly before his death. This was a huge job, amassing just piles of quality materials with which David's son Solomon could build God's house. Solomon's temple, it was called. And yet, David is the one who prepared for it. There was a lot of bloodshed during King David's reign because of all the trials, many of them self-inflicted, that David went through. So much bloodshed that God didn't want David to build his house, but he did allow David to prepare God's house. David didn't sulk. He didn't quit trying to follow God just because he wasn't allowed to build God's house. He poured himself into the job he was given. He was deeply grateful for any opportunity he had to serve God. So it should be pretty obvious how that applies to us. Just being thankful for any opportunities to support God's work. Probably all of us at times wonder, maybe we could have a little bit of a bigger responsibility or a more glamorous opportunity supporting God's work. And yet the right mindset is to just pour ourselves into the job that God is giving us. Make the most of it so that God can trust us with even more responsibility. David prepared abundantly for God's house to be built. And yet David wouldn't even live to see it be built. To this day, David still has never seen God's house. He never laid eyes upon Solomon's temple, despite compiling all the materials for it. He had a giving attitude, though. He had the right perspective here. And he gave, and he rejoiced, and he loved serving God. Notice here on page 145 of the Former Prophets, you can get a free copy of this at thetrumpet.com. The Israelites probably gave more here 
than they ever had in their lives. And they were rejoicing all the more because of that. They were totally given over to God, as much as carnal minds could be, at least. This is what giving can do even to the carnal mind. It fills people with joy and rejoicing because they are giving. Isn't that the law of God? The more you live the give way of life, the happier you become. Whether it is of yourself or your money or anything else. David caused his entire nation to rejoice. Think about where David came from and where he ended up. He was to blame for so much death and destruction in his own nation. And yet he repented every time he sinned and God gave him awesome opportunities, including the chance to prepare for the building of God's house. And David really did cause the entire nation to rejoice. At one time, the people mocked and scorned him openly. But by the end of David's life, as he gave himself fully to God, the people were rejoicing along with him. And you can be sure the people respected David once again. He did God's work to the very fullest. David was so humble, he said, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? You can see that in 1 Chronicles 29. Mr. Flory writes, they were really sacrificing. We should all be asking ourselves these questions today. What an unparalleled honor God is giving us. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 